Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit LifePointPB.com. If you need a Bible this morning, if you just wave, uh, one of our ushers, if you happen to forget yours or leave it at home or in the car, they'd be happy to pass the Bible to you. And once you have a Bible, or if you already have yours, why don't you turn over to Leviticus. Leviticus. Um, it's over in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Third book in your Bible. Chapter 20. We're continuing looking at the names of God as he reveals himself in the Old Testament. And today is, in, in my mind, an especially meaningful name of God. Um, and the reason is, in John... Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it, what, abundantly, more abundantly. You ever think about what that actually means? Not just to be alive, not just to live, but to have abundant life, abundant living. The name that God reveals of himself in Leviticus 20 today, I believe, directly connects with that, and I'll show you why I believe that. The reason God reveals this name and the reason it's important for us to understand and connect with him this way is because life is at stake. Abundant living is at stake. Now let me tell you a little bit about Leviticus. It sounds like a disease, all right, but it's not, okay? And many of you may start reading through your, if you read the Bible through in a year, you may start and you make it through Genesis, that's pretty interesting. Exodus is okay. You get to Leviticus and you think, it doesn't take long, you think, whoa, I don't know about it. And so you skip right over it and go to Numbers and, and kind of keep moving because Leviticus... If you don't understand it, it seems like an odd, strange, difficult book. It really is. As a matter of fact, it's often referred to as the book of life. You think, it doesn't sound like that because there's a lot of death in Leviticus, a lot of killing of animals and sacrifices and things you should do and things you shouldn't do. And I don't see, it doesn't seem like life. It seems like bondage. It seems like a yoke put on you. What God is revealing in the Old Testament to the children of Israel is, I want you to understand, having moved from Egypt, coming out of the Exodus, leaving Egypt, that's Exodus, where it comes from, and moving toward the promised land, toward Canaan, which is the destiny that God has. It's the purpose and plan that God has for you and me now. We often get confused about the promised land. I grew up in Mississippi, and I would spend my summers in a little country church, Pine Ridge Community Church, uh, in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi, and we sang out of an old Stamps Baxter hymnal. If you're not familiar with Stamps Baxter stuff, he wrote, uh, he wrote or published a lot of songs that were written during and right after the Great Depression. And many of them talk about heaven. And uh, because folks, they were kind of sick of being here. It was rough here. And heaven looked like a really good option. And, and I think sometimes because we grew up, some of us grew up singing those old songs, we got this misunderstanding in our mind that when we talk about the promised land in the Old Testament, that, that means heaven. We're going to get to the promised land whenever we're going to get to heaven. Well, heaven is a promised land to us. It is a promised inheritance. But it's not the picture that's being shown here in the Old Testament. Because we know that because of all that takes place. I mean, there's still enemies in the promised land. There's still battles that are taking place there. The people of God still make choices and disobey God and turn their back on. This is not part of heaven as we understand it. And so th there's a different picture that's going on when we talk about the promised land. And Leviticus 
is this book between Exodus, leaving Egypt, being born again, being saved, being delivered, and going to the promised land, this walking with the Lord in his kingdom and, and fulfilling the destiny, the purpose that he has for our life. Leviticus comes right in the middle of that to tell us how to worship and walk, to tell us what this is all supposed to look like as we go through. It's really a fascinating book that I don't have time to delve into. We could do a whole study on just the book of Leviticus, and maybe we'll one day. But I want you to focus with me on chapter 20 because it's a key point in this whole book, all right? And, and since I can't go through the whole thing with you, I want you just to focus on chapter 20 with me today. In verse 7 of chapter 20, the Lord's speaking to them, and he says, I want you to consecrate yourselves. Now, remember that word consecrate because I'm going to come back to it in a minute. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. I am Jehovah Makedesh, the God who sanctifies you. Now let me point out, someone asked me a great question last week. And before I go on, let me point this out. He came up and they said, you say these names, but they're not in my Bible. Uh, they're, and they're not, okay? The names, uh, as you know, uh, the, the Bible wasn't originally written in our language. The Old Testament written in Hebrew, the New Testament written in Greek. And I don't know about you, but I don't read Hebrew so well uh, at all. All right. And, and Greek is I'm not real strong in reading Greek either. And so there are translators, those who take these original languages and translate it into a language, our language, English, so that we can understand. So in your Bible, it has the Lord who sanctifies you. Some of you, there may be a few Bibles around that actually put, sometimes it puts the names of God. That happens mostly with Jehovah, rarely with the other names. But most of the time you'll have this, which is the Lord, and Lord here is Jehovah, who sanctifies, Makedesh. He's the one who sanctifies us. He's the one who gives life. What does sanctify mean? Sanctify simply means to set apart for something special. To make special. I want to tell you something. It always, always breaks my heart when I talk to a believer who does not feel special. Because God sanctified you and declared you special. And if you don't feel special, one of the reasons maybe you don't understand who Jehovah Makedesh is and what he says about you. He sanctifies you. He makes you special. He sets you apart to himself. There are other terms that we use for this in Scripture. As a matter of fact, these same words can be translated in other ways. As a matter of fact, the previous verse, verse 7, he consecrates, or he says, consecrate yourself. Consecrate is the same word as we have here in sanctifies you in verse 8. It's also the same word that's used in be holy there in verse 7. So you see different ways the same word. Now, sometimes it's a verb, sometimes it's an adjective. But in different ways, it's translated. But consecrate, holy, set apart, sanctified, these are all different English words that we use for this Hebrew word. He says, I want you to sanctify yourself because I am the Lord who sanctifies you. That seems a little confusing, doesn't it? I'm going to explain to you this morning, Lord willing, what he means by all that. I want you to see why this is important, though. 
And he's, he's going to tell us a little later in the chapter. Look with me down in verse 22. Same chapter, verse 22. You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my rules and do them. That the land where I am bringing you to, the place I'm bringing you to live, the promised land, Canaan, may not vomit you out. You know, I don't fully understand all that that verse means, but it seems to indicate that you and I can get to the place that God planned and purposed for us and yet not be able to stay there. Not be able to live in all that he purposed and planned for us. Now, this isn't about salvation. This isn't about heaven. This is about the walk that we have now here on planet Earth, walking with the Lord and fulfilling his purpose and his plan for our life. And it seems to indicate, if you know, if you want to compare these analogies, that you and I can get to this place of purpose and promise. That isn't a guarantee that we stay there. He goes on. By the way, I think Paul referred to this when he says, I put my body under the strictest discipline, lest having preached to others, I myself would be a castaway. What did he mean by that? He wasn't talking about losing salvation. He was saying, I would not be able to see the purposes and plans of God fulfilled in my life and through my life. And you shall not walk in the customs. Here, here he's telling them why it's important to consecrate or sanctify yourself. Because he says, I'm sending you to a place, this promised land, this place of purpose in your life as a believer. I'm going to send you to this place. You shall not walk in the customs of the nations that I am driving out before you. For they did all these things and therefore I detested them. But I have said to you, next verse, you shall inherit their land and I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has separated you from the people. I've set you apart and you're special, different from them. What is he saying? He says, the place that you're going, the promised land, the place of purpose and meaning in your life, my plan for your life while you're here, it's going to be filled with people who don't think the way I think. They don't see life the way I see it. They don't make plans the way I make plans. They don't have the same character that I have. They don't live the same way that I live. That's where you're going. Among a people like that. Anybody think that you're living in a place like that now? All right? Yeah. All of us. We're living in a place where people don't think the way God thinks. They don't care how God thinks. He said, you're going there. They don't, they don't submit to the way I think and what I say to be true. And you're going to be in the midst of them. And that was God's plan, by the way. You don't get to miss people who don't agree with God in this life. You don't get to avoid them. You don't get to live in a different part of the world, separate from them. We don't get to hide from them. We don't get to build our little castles and put a moat around it and say, we're here and you're there. No, the purpose and plan of God for you and me is we're going to be out among them. People who don't agree with God and don't think like him and don't care for him. And he says, as you go there, it is vital that you set yourself apart, sanctify yourself to me. Because I'm sanctifying you. I'm setting you apart. I have this plan. 
for you. But it's vital because you're going to be in the midst of them. And if you don't do this, then you're going to think like they think. And you're going to do what they do. You're going to believe what they believe. And you're going to have the same issues that they have. And you're going to have them without seeing my power, without seeing my deliverance, without seeing my provision. It's not that it's not available to you. I, um, I have noticed ever since they built it right across the street, that the uh, LA Fitness big building over there, right? Any of you have memberships to LA Fitness? Anybody in here? A few of you? Okay. Any of you have memberships to other fitness places or anything else, or for your insurance, whatever? Quite a few, all right? Now, I'm going to ask another question. You don't have to raise your hand on this. Um, how many of you use that membership? You don't have to raise your hand, all right? Those of you who do, you want to raise your hand, right? You want to, you want to declare, I do that. Many of you probably don't. I would be in that same category. But it is sanctified. LA Fitness is a sanctified place. It is set apart for a purpose, for your well-being. It has all the tools and equipment necessary to help you strengthen your body. There are people there with expertise and understanding who will guide you. It is prepared. It's already been bought and paid for if you pay for your membership. But it does you or me absolutely no good if we don't go. Absolutely no good. Now, does it change the fact that it is sanctified, that it is set apart, that it is, that it is, everything is there that is necessary? Does it change who and what it is? No. Whether I go or don't go, it hasn't changed who and what it is. It simply changes the impact that it has on me. What God is talking about here when he says you've got to consecrate yourself because I have sanctified you and I am the one who sanctifies you, but I don't do it against your will. I don't make you go to the gym. I don't make you believe what I believe. I don't make you walk the way I walk. I don't make you do those things. I prepare the way. I've made it possible. Now you must choose. Now I know that this gets very controversial. Even here, among different ones in this group, we have different theological beliefs and stances. And I, I'm often asked the question, Troy, are you Calvinist or Arminian? And I say, yes. And they say, you can't be both. I said, absolutely I can. Why can't I be both? I believe Scripture teaches both. I don't understand it, but I believe it. I can't reconcile certain parts of it, but God can. And what seems so confusing to you and me, I think one day the Lord's going to open our eyes and we're going to think, man, that was so simple. Why did we not see that? But God says that whosoever will may come. He said that I died for the sins of the whole world. I made a way. If you want to go back to our illustration of the gym, I have made a way. I have prepared a place. I have paid the price. The equipment is all there. The Holy Spirit is there to be my guide and my instructor. It is all there. But I must 
respond to what he has done. I must respond to what he has provided. I must respond to his call in my life. Because the call is there too. The advertisement, if you will. The beckoning, come. But he says, I don't make you. I don't force you. I call you. To come. Now you say, that's how we got saved. Yes, that's exactly how we got saved. That's also how we continue to be sanctified. How this ongoing, because notice he says, I am the God who sanctifies you earlier in verse 8. I'm the God who sanctifies. This action is ongoing. This concept is in the New Testament as well. It's not just in the Old. Look with me at some verses over, let's jump over to Hebrews. And I'll show you, because this concept is New Testament as well as Old Testament. And by the way, it's really important. I don't normally do this, but it's really important that you come to church next week too. All right? Not just because I want you to come, but these two messages, this week and next week, fit together. They are two parts of a whole. And they're, they're balancing parts. And I'm emphasizing one side this week, and I will emphasize the other side next week. Um, so it'll be really important when we look at the name of God for next week. All right? That's free announcement. Okay, and Hebrews 10, verse 10. And by that will, talking about the will of the Father, we have been sanctified. This is the Greek equivalent of that Hebrew word, Kadesh. This is the Greek, Hagios. All right? We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. All right, you grammar major, those of you who love English grammar, we have been. Okay, what's the tense of that? Past. It has already been done. We have been sanctified. Once for all, it says, through the body of Jesus Christ, it has been done. We have been sanctified. Okay, so it's already been done. Then why do I have to do anything? What difference does it make? And that is absolutely 100% true. It has been done. There is nothing that I do. Jesus did it all. That's absolutely true. Now look with me four verses later. All right? Verse 14. I want to show you why I'm both Calvinist and Arminian. All right? I'm going to show it to you right here in Scripture. Verse 14. For by a single offering, that's the offering of Jesus Christ, he has perfected for all time. That's once for all done. Never to be changed. He is perfect. He has perfected all those who are being sanctified. Now what tense is that? That's present ongoing, isn't it? who are continuously being sanctified. I have been and I am being. It's not either or, it's both and. It's really important to understand this. Because Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And he then says, now having paid it all, I appeal to you, I call out to you. The old King James says, I beseech you. I implore you. I, I pour out on you my grace. Now respond to it. Respond to it. Consecrate yourself. Surrender yourself. You did if you got saved. If you've never consecrated yourself to Jesus Christ, you didn't get saved. So you're not saved today. You did. If you were saved, you did. You understood, I'm lost. Jesus is the only hope that I have. He died for my sin. He allows me to be in relationship with him. And I believe that and I receive that. I surrender. I consecrate. I sanctify myself to Him. I set myself apart to Him. If you did that, you got saved. If you've never done that, you didn't get saved. Because you can't come to Him any other way. 
But once I've done that, and here's my plea to you, and here's my burden for so many believers, we got sanctified, and we have been once for all. We're going to heaven. It's all sealed. It's done. That's great. But there's life to be lived between then and now. There's life that has to be lived. There's worship and walk now. And this sanctifying process, this Jehovah Makedesh, he's still doing it. But he's doing it the same way he did it at the very beginning. He says, I have provided everything, and I do the work, and I've made a way, and I call you. Now consecrate yourself. Now surrender. Join me in this work. Why? Some of you are sitting there, it's like, okay, if I got saved and I'm going to heaven, so eternity's taken care of, then why shouldn't I have a little fun now and kind of live life on my own terms here? What difference does it make if I don't sanctify myself in an ongoing way? I mean, that's a legitimate question. That's the kind of question I would ask because I'm a rebellious sort who wants to do his own thing. So that's the kind of question I would ask. If, if, if eternity is settled and heaven's already a done deal, then why can't I just live like this life the way I want to? Well, you can. But there's a problem when you do. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 12. Same book, a couple chapters over. He says, Hebrews 12, verse 14. Strive. There's, there's energy in this. Strive, work at. Strive for peace. See, we think peace is not having to work. But no, peace comes. There's, a, there's an energy that's expended toward peace. Strive for peace with everyone. That's good counsel. We ought to all put that somewhere where we can see it on a regular basis. Strive for peace with everyone. Let that be your goal. You may not always succeed, but let it be your goal. And for the holiness, here's our same word, sanctify. Same Greek word here, same Hebrew word in the Old Testament. Without which, no one will see the Lord. Hey, wait a second, Troy. You just told me that if I believe in Jesus Christ, I'm saved. That's settled. And that's absolutely true. He's not talking about you're going to see him in heaven. He's saying you're not going to see him now. Do you want to see God transform your life and the lives of others? Do you want to see God make provision that only God can make? Do you want to see him take and give you desires you've never had and take away the desires you wish you didn't have? Do you want to see God do these things? He says you can, but not if you don't sanctify yourself. Not if you don't consecrate yourself. Can you be saved? I believe so. Can you see God working in your life in supernatural ways? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not if you don't consecrate yourself. You say, Troy, you're wrong. Maybe I am. Show me from Scripture. In fact, let me show you some more scripture why I believe this. I didn't even put it on the screen. just came to me. Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verse 8. Who does it say in Matthew 5, 8 will see God? The pure in heart. What does that mean? Those who have a singleness of heart and focus. Those who, we could say a different way. Those who have a sanctified heart. A set-apart heart. They see God. They see God at work. They see God doing miracles. You say, I don't see God at work in my life. I don't see Him doing miracles. I read about this stuff and I hear other people talking about it. I don't see that in my life. It may be 
that you're not sanctified. You're not set apart. You're not consecrated. Oh, he he sanctified you when you got saved. I'm not saying you're not a believer. I'm not saying you didn't believe in Jesus Christ who died for your sin. I'm not saying that you're not going to heaven. I'm not saying any of that. I don't know that. That's between you and God. What I'm saying is that what started that day, God says, I got more for you. I've got more sanctifying I want to do. And there's more consecrating I want of you. Folks, this isn't complicated, but neither is it easy. It's not hard, but it's very difficult, if that makes any sense. Because this ongoing sanctifying work means that there's going to be ample opportunity almost on a daily basis that comes up for me to consecrate myself again. I'll just give you a case in point. Last night, I'm sitting there and finished up a wedding and there were other things that's been very busy over the last few weeks. A lot of extra things and other things. And so I sat down after the wedding and, and Saturday night I pray and just kind of try to get my heart in such a place and I'm just hearing from the Lord about today. I've done it before Saturday night, in case you're wondering, but I, that kind of, I kind of wrap it up on Saturday night. All right? And just in case you're thinking I only do that on Saturday night. Um, but that's, that's a pattern. But I got home and I sat down and what I wanted to do was just sit and watch TV. That's what I wanted to do. Because I, I didn't want to think about anything really. I was kind of tired. Um, I was thinking about all that was going on today. And it was making me more tired. And I thought, I just want to sit here and I want to veg and I want to chill out. And I don't really want to think about anything or focus on anything. And so I did that for a few minutes. I'm sitting there. And the Spirit of God in me is calling out. And he's not condemning me. He's not saying, you big, lousy, no good, you know, whatever. He's not doing that. He's simply calling me. He said, Troy, I got something for you. Do you want it? I got something for you. Lord, I just want to sit here and rest. I just, I'm just going to watch TV for a little bit, Lord. I'm just going to rest. He goes, I got something for you. And so in that moment, I had to decide that there was a choice to be made. Will I receive the grace that he's pouring out? Will I take what he's already prepared? Will I embrace it? I'll say, Lord, I want that. Well, I thought, Lord, I do want it. Can you give it to me by osmosis while I sit here and watch TV? <laughs> he said, no, I can't do that. So I turn it off. I get up and walk out of the room. I go to a different room because I don't want to be tempted to turn it back on. And I sit down and I say, Lord, here I am. What do you want to say? What do you want to give? Oh, and he gives. He gives good stuff. He does amazing things. He changes desires. He gives energy I didn't know I had. He gives vision I thought I'd lost. He, that's who he is. He does supernatural things. He's Jehovah Makedesh, the God who sanctifies. But he asks us to consecrate ourselves so that we can keep experiencing little ways every day he's going to ask you to sanctify yourself set apart yourself to him for something special i'll tell you when you experiencing when you keep on experiencing him this way you feel special because you realize the god of the universe cares about me he takes time with me he's thinking with all the stuff that he's got to do 
He's taking time right now with me. That's special, folks. That's unique. That's not rules and regulation. That's not some religious jargon. That's not some duty that I have to do. That's pure and personal. That meets the deepest need of our heart. To know a God who loves us that way. So when God calls you to sanctify yourself in all kinds of ways, I mean, turn off the TV or some other entertainment, to choose His moral standard over the world's, God's not trying to limit your freedom. He's trying to allow you to experience what He designed in a way you never imagined. When He wants to change where I go or where I don't go, when he wants to change what I read, what I listen to, what I think. He says, You're gonna, I'm, I'm taking you to a place that's going to be filled with people who don't think like I think, and they don't want what I want, and they're going to be all around you. If you do not consecrate yourself to me, the one who's sanctifying you, you'll think like them. You'll go where they go. You'll experience what they experience. And you'll miss what I have for you. I'm going to give you one more example, just in case you think I'm making this all up. John, go with me over to the book of John. Just a few books back from where you are there in Hebrews. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, right there in the New Testament. And I believe it's John chapter 10. Yeah, John chapter 10, verse 36. And then we're going to go over to John 17. All right, Jesus is speaking in both of them, but I want you to see this. In case you think I'm somehow messed up, I don't believe that. I wouldn't preach it to you if I didn't believe it. But notice what he said, Jesus says here in John 10, 36. Did you say of him, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, by the way. Do you say of him whom the Father consecrated, our same word, this is hagios, which is the Greek form, Makedish. This is the one he sanctified. The one whom the Father sanctified. The one he consecrated. So the Father did this for Jesus, the Son, and sent him into the world. He set him apart, special, and sent him into the world. You say to him, you are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God. So notice what Jesus says here in chapter 10, verse 36. The Father sanctified me. He's, he's Jehovah Makedish. He's the one who sanctifies. He's the same one who's sanctifying us. All right? He does this. Now look with me in John 17. Jesus is speaking again, John 17. John 17, 19. And for their sake... I consecrate or sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Wait a second, which is it? Does the Father do it or does Jesus do it? Yes. Yes. Now you know why I answer yes when someone asks me that question. Yes. Can I give you something that has greatly benefited my life through the years? Quit fighting to reason it all out and understand it all in your mind and believe it because he said it. And begin then to understand more because you believe first. There's a way that we have a Hellenistic educational mindset, a Greek mindset, which is show me all the facts and then I'll decide what I believe. Hebrew mindset is not that way. The way God works is not that way. He says believe and then I'll show you. 
Now, if we were talking about a human being, I'd say that's bad advice. Just believing people before they show you. Just believing them because they said believe them. But when it comes to Jehovah Makedus, you can believe him even before you know how it's all going to work out. You can believe him because he's the God who sanctifies. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And as they're coming, I was challenged this week. I went, uh, Dan and Kathy invited me to um, an event that they were doing through C12. And the founder of C12, which is a, a I guess worldwide now because in other countries, uh, ministry, getting together Christian CEOs just to run their businesses the way God wants them to run it. But really, to be sanctified businesses, set apart, special. In a world that doesn't really think like God thinks or operate the way God operates. So... Um, Buck Jacobs was there, who was the founder, and he was speaking and really just shared his testimony. I am always, always encouraged, moved by testimonies of a real God working in regular people to do extraordinary things. And he was just sharing his testimony. As he was sharing his testimony, I was challenged again. I was reminded how I really began my journey with the Lord, it was through testimonies just like this. I mean, I had heard about God as a kid growing up. I knew the plan of salvation, the gospel. I believed, I, you know, I prayed, repented of my sin. I want to go to heaven, not hell. Duh. I mean, that's not a hard decision. But I didn't know what it meant to live a sanctified life. I didn't understand all that. I didn't know what it meant to be set apart to him every day, continually, ongoing, to see him do what, quite honestly, when I heard other people tell stories about it, it stirred something within me. I was just thinking, I wish I had that. So here I stand before you 35 years later, and I tell you, you don't have to listen to somebody else's story and say, I wish I had that. It can be your story. Your story. He is the God who sanctifies. And he simply says, sanctify yourself. Consecrate yourself. Give yourself to me. Trust me. Trust me. Will all the people around you immediately see it and think, oh, this is wonderful. I am so proud of you. No, they probably won't. Sometimes even Christians won't. Will it always work out just the way you imagined and everybody lives happily ever after? No. Life is hard and it's full of hard stuff. Even for the sanctified. Will you see God transform and do things that there is no human explanation for? You better believe it. You better believe it. So I call you today. I implore you. If, I, if it was 400 years ago, I would beseech you. Consecrate yourself. Right where you are today. And not just today, every day. Consecrate yourself. 
I believe you are Jehovah Makedesh. You do the sanctifying work. You do what I could never even dream of doing. You've already made a way. I simply am agreeing and surrendering to that. Or you can do it on your own terms. And you will forfeit. In my opinion, based on what I believe the Word of God says, you will forfeit the opportunity to see God now in ways that He longs for you to see Him. Not because He's mean or He's holding out, but because He was loving and kind and gave you a choice. Don't blame Him because He has such a good heart. Would you bow your heads with me? And I do challenge you again. When you come back next week, we're going to look at the other side of this message. And sometimes if we're not careful, the Holy Spirit will get shouted down in our heart by the enemy. And the enemy will say, uh, you don't measure up. You haven't done it right. You don't do enough. You've blown it. You're a failure. You're no good. That's what he'll say. And he'll have lots of evidence to back it up. And you and he both know there's stuff there that would lend, it seems to make that true. But the Holy Spirit's saying something very different. He's saying he is still Jehovah Makedesh, the God who sanctifies. You have not messed up so badly that you can't come to him right now and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am with all of my mess, with all of my stuff. Here I am. So don't listen to the voice that would lie to you. Don't listen. Listen to his voice. His voice has come. His is the voice of that story that I love so much in Luke 15. This is the voice of that father who's standing on the porch every day looking for the son to come back. That's his voice. Come to him. Consecrate yourself. Sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart to him. You say, how do I do it? Well, right now you do it in words. Just do it in prayer. Say, Lord, here I am. I sanctify myself. But my guess is before the afternoon's over, you'll have the opportunity to actually act on those words. I wouldn't be surprised, and you shouldn't be either. Well, you'll get the opportunity where God will remind you and say, hey, you belong to me. So set yourself apart now. Here, choose with me. Receive my grace. Do this instead of that. Say this instead of that. Think this instead of that. He'll help you. He'll guide you. Just like that fitness instructor there at the gym. They'll, they'll guide you. He'll help you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Just sanctify yourself. Start the process. Continue it. God already started it. Continue the process.
Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. I pray that you reveal yourself in real and fresh ways to be Jehovah Makedish, the God who sanctifies, who sets us apart, who calls us special, who has a plan, who says that I am his workmanship, created for good works. I am his child. I am his favorite. And it's amazing, God, we can all be your favorite. I am unique. I've messed up, but it doesn't make me a mess. I've failed, but it doesn't make me a failure. I've been lost, but no more. That's who you are. And him, that's who you are. And if you don't know him today, in a moment when we dismiss, we have prayer partners right here at the front. If you don't know him, you don't know this great God, they'd love to be able to talk with you and pray with you, introduce you to him. And not just that, we pray about everything around here. Everything that's going on in your life. Even truth today that may be hard to believe. Pray with you about that too. Lord Jesus, would you help us today? Help us believe. Help us respond and pour out your grace. Lord, right now you are pouring out your grace. Lord, we want to receive it. To receive you. You are so good. You're so good. Lord, would you allow us in the course of this week, and just, Lord, I'm asking for a presence this week. Gifts. Would you give gifts this week? In each of our lives, would you give us the gifts of being able to see you doing your sanctifying work that only you can do and we'd be amazed at it? Would you allow us to see you changing the way we think and what we desire? Changing the way we respond? Lord, would you do that? Would you allow us to encounter other believers who are experiencing the same thing and be encouraged by their life? And would you make us that encourager to other people who need to hear? Would you do that this week? Would you give gifts this week? I believe you want to. I believe you prompted it. So I asked for it. And Lord, I consecrate myself again to you. I'm yours. You died for me. Lord, I give myself as a living sacrifice. I want to live for you. And with you. Just walking with you. I pray that for every person in this room. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.